This episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers for a personalized action plan. Save 25% today when you go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Well, I guess we're doing something a little bit different today, but also kind of the same because it's back to uh, the the trio that was uh, on the podcast just a couple weeks ago, really. Uh, myself, Matt Frazier, and Robert Cheek. That's right. And a uh, little uh, different format today, though, right, Doug? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be talking about your, the book you guys have been uh, working on for the last, what, how long now? Year and a half? <laughs> More like I two mean, to three years. Yeah, even longer than that. <laughs> I think it was early 2019 when Robert approached me about it, right? Yeah, yeah, January 2019. Yep, so two and a half. And and here we are, what, six weeks out, five weeks out from from the big release date? So, That's right. So, yeah, we're going to be, I don't know, some, talk about some of the lessons that you guys have learned throughout the process of, of writing the book and speaking to the countless guests or, or I don't know what you call it when it's in a book, but people that are featured, uh, athletes that are featured in the book. Um, and I don't know, just kind of go into a little bit of the experience of what it's been like for you guys for the last three years. Sounds, Sounds good. Nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's obvious then, Doug, that you're going to be playing interviewer this time, which is uh, fun, which I, I, we haven't done many joint interviews in a long time, as we've said last time. But uh, when you when we do, you're often the environmental correspondent. That's your role. Yeah, that's, that was my title for a while. <laughs> but, uh, here you're not going to be. No. Um, hey, we I can quick, talk uh, all about the environment though, if you guys want to get into that. Uh, we could. <laughs> uh, I have a quick update though, Doug. Before we jump into oh the, yeah, let's the serious let's, uh, let's hear it. Uh, I don't think I told you this. If I did, then let me know. Uh, so I figured out how to get two hours of deep sleep per night. You know, Take your ring off? No, but but close. <laughs> okay. What, I, what is it? I I went all in and bought a new aura ring. I actually went and said I'm because I, I was doing it just for nighttime. Yeah. And I said I, I'm gonna do this during. I want to get my activity tracked as well, so that I can sync that up and I can know how workouts are affecting sleep and workout timing and all that. I thought maybe that's the key to unlocking this deep sleep that I appear to be missing out on. Okay. Um, so I got a new ring, and I realized that my old ring wouldn't even like. I couldn't even update it, couldn't even do certain features and things like that. Couldn't do a firmware update to get the new stuff. Okay. So I got this new ring, and the first night, I got like two hours and a minute of deep sleep. So, <laughs> so and, and it continued. Oh. And so I don't get that every night, but very, I mean, I never go under an hour now. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with the sleep changes. I mean, the changes are all helping, I'm sure, because I was get, finding improvements. But it was just this drastic jump as soon as I got the new ring, and it's now at this new higher level. Oh, man. Uh, which Matt, speaks to, is... I mean, it speaks to the theme of what we've been talking about all this time, how funny it is that we rely on this data and take it and then treat it as gospel and make all these changes and get stressed out over it. And this happened to me before. I, ha- I once was having bad uh, heart numbers, or not heart numbers, numbers from a test, and I was worried about what was going on. And it turned out that it was just that I had had vitamin C or something, or hadn't had vitamin C or something, when I should have. So I, I ended up getting weird numbers. Um, but man, a lot of stress goes into uh, the technology. And I mean, this has technology. been like a year plus long saga for, for <laughs> you, Matt, and all you needed was a new ring or some I firmware up there. I had to pay some money, pay some cash, and then I fixed my problems. <laughs> 
Well, uh, well, I'm really happy for you. I think that um, I hope that this is the end of the uh, the stress the that comes along I'm sure with. Sure, it will not be. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty good. That's that's pretty yes. good. Well, All right. How did check- you well, 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 speaking of technology, I am rocking the uh, the blue plastic headphones today. <laughs> I think uh, we should address that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so happy to be back on the Nomad Athlete Podcast. Thanks for welcoming me back to the show. Yeah, Robert, we're excited to have you back. And um, yeah, I know that I know you guys probably talk all the time now, uh, but of course, you and I don't talk very often. So it's nice to to catch up more than just around the bundle. <laughs> yes. Hey, we have uh, we have booked the show now. Now that we're doing video, this oh, yeah. is not the real thing. Cause the real thing's hardcover. Rob, did you didn't open the hardcover right now? Did you? You didn't. No, no I, I. No, I thought or Karen thought that might be what what was there, but it was just more of these to uh, you know for us to take on 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 tour and pass out. Gotcha. They are very thick books, three hundred and sixty pages or something. Three forty. Anyway, no no small little book, and the hardcover is going to be awesome. So, just wanted to show that uncorrected proof. <laughs> all right so well should we should we kind of get into this little interview that we have going yeah, here let's do it doug so i want to start by talking about your history both of your histories with uh the plant-based athletic movement you i think it's probably fair to say that both of you have um been around long before the vegan athlete uh, image was was kind of the cool mm-hmm. thing and the trendy thing in um in nutrition and athletics so Talk to me about, in your own words, what um, what it was like to to kind of go become a plant based athlete back then, and and how you think it's different than what the experience is like for people now. I mean, I can go first here. I think it, to me, like the very gut reaction to that is that it felt like this huge uphill battle back then. It felt like this big scary thing. And this is when I started in two thousand nine, which was fifteen years after Robert started, I think. Uh, but then it felt like it was sort of in the dark. And like when I went looking for information, it felt like I was searching around in the dark and couldn't find very much. Uh, so that's why I started No Made Athlete. But there was just like this tremendous amount of uncertainty that came with it. That it was like, I'm doing this weird thing that might actually kind of turn out to work. And that'd be awesome if it did. But it felt just like this thing you were not supposed to do. So, it you know, I didn't know vegetarians or vegans, even non-athlete versions of them. Uh, so to be doing that felt like, just such a change in direction of what I grew up and what I knew was familiar and safe and good and healthy. Uh, and I didn't feel like I was doing a horrible thing by doing this. Obviously, I didn't or I wouldn't have done it. Uh, but to think that it might be useful for sports instead of the opposite, a handicap for sports, uh, you know, that that still felt very much just a, a gamble. And it turned out that it worked, and it worked for six months, and then I qualified for Boston, and, and that was all good and great. That wasn't vegan yet, though. That was that was vegetarian. And I think even back those days, I remember writing in response to a comment, I think about maybe reviewing Robert's book or something about Robert. Um, someone had talked about, do you think vegan is healthy? And I said, no, I don't think you could be healthy as a vegan. I, like, I, I, you know, <laughs> vegetarian is healthy. I can't imagine vegan actually is. Uh, so like, that's just the place I was in at that point and couldn't imagine that you could also not have dairy and eggs and still get enough protein and still be healthy. So, I mean, it's, it's funny now that, that we are talking about that, that we were talking about it in that way 12 years ago. Um, which just kind of goes to show you how different it feels now. Like it just does, it, it's still a small niche thing. It's still something that when you tell people, they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. How does that work? But there are so many stories and examples out there now of people making it work and mainstream athletic examples of superstars who are choosing the diet for what it does for their performance. 
that it's it's a very very different feel in that way now. Not to mention the accessibility of all the different stuff, uh, but just the amount of sort of positive talk about it. The fact that it's being argued over in in social media and the internet, very very different from when no one was even considering it twelve years ago because it was just too crazy. Do you think? I mean, that's definitely true. I think that it's way more mainstream than it, than it was. But do you think that it's it's actually for someone who is completely separated from the community that we are a part of? Do you think it it actually feels that different? Uh, you know, I mean, like for example, I was talking to a neighbor who's probably our age, so it's not like a generational gap or anything like that. I was talking to them the other day, and um, somehow it came up that I was vegan, you know, probably because I'm a vegan and I tell everybody that I'm vegan. Um, right. <laughs> but, but somehow it came up and they were like, oh, you know, I have a, I know another friend who has, you know, who's raising a vegan family. And it was like one of those things like, oh, like I can connect you to. <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, I'm good, but, but thank you. Um, you know, but I still think it feels pretty fringe for a lot of people. Like, do you really think that it's that different now? I mean, that's a good question. I think my experience of it certainly has changed. And I think anyone who does get into it now would have a much different experience than I had back then. And then even more so that Rob, than Robert had back 25 years ago. Uh, you know, so once you are in, I think it's way different now than it was 10 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's a good question. I don't know if, if the typical mainstream, I mean, certainly there's way more chatter about it. You hear people talking about game changers and, and forks over knives. and all. So like, it's it's definitely bigger now. But but you're right, that it's, it's definitely not yet a mainstream thing, I wouldn't say by any means. Well, I can tell you what it was like a quarter century ago, where it was really uh, car- carving out your own path. Uh, this was something that if you told somebody you were vegan in the, back in the 90s, especially as an athlete, they actually didn't know what that meant. You know, they didn't know what vegan meant. And, and this was real. This was my real reality that I dealt with as a high school athlete, as a collegiate athlete, as a someone who would go on to become a bodybuilder. Uh, this was something I had to explain. You know, I, I couldn't say, oh, go watch this documentary, go read this book, go uh, follow this athlete. Th- th- those resources weren't necessarily there. And the internet wasn't as robust as it is today. There weren't, you know, uh, I was rocking MySpace, you know, for a while. Uh, and, and those kind of platforms were around, but there, there weren't these communities. Like Matt said, you know, he struggled to find community, which is maybe I, I, I should have done a better job with veganbodybuilding.com. He would have found a home there uh, <laughs> had I uh, made that the right the right place for him. But I, I think it's it's a d- different climate now. It's a completely different environment. And, and now we have these resources and we've assembled so many great resources in this new book by telling the stories of the, the world's greatest plant-based athletes and providing those resources. Everything from meal plans to recipes to grocery shopping lists to a typical day in the life. Like we, we created the how to be a plant-based athlete a blueprint, the guideline uh, that, that we both could have used a long time ago. And so I think now you, yeah, you do, you talk to your neighbor, you talk, and I was just over, I, I just came from the dentist, you know, I was hyping the book up at the dentist. They all, they all, they all know about the book. They all know dentists about the love vegan diets. Our, our kids that is always compliment, compliment their teeth and, uh, and, and say, oh, well, you guys do a good job feeding them. So that's no problem. Didn't <laughs> yeah, work for but, me that way, by the way. I, my teeth have just always been terrible and they just continue to be terrible. Well, I, I mean, the point is, you know, my, my dentists are, you know, they're aware of the book. They're aware of the lifestyle. They know people who are plant-based athletes. It's just, we, we've come a long way and we're now in a place where we do have an opportunity to reach a, a truly mainstream audience with this message. And I think it's going to be received that way. And I think the uh, the, the stories in the book can, can resonate with people uh, in a way that compels and inspires them to uh, 
really go out and become the best version of the versions of themselves and, and not in some sort of cliche way, but in like a really meaningful way, the same way mm-hmm. that, that, you know, we grew up wanting to be like Mike, you know, we wanted to be like Michael Jordan. And now there's a whole generation of people that want to be a, a great plant-based athlete, like, like the Scott Jerks of the world or the, or the Brennan Braziers of the world and, and, or the rich roles of the world. And that's, and that's really inspiring for me to see today. Yeah. So Robert, I, I am, I'm certain that you have a level of confidence that a lot of people don't actually have, <laughs> but, but I'd say for most people and, and probably for you and, and I, I think for Matt as well, and certainly for myself, um, when I'm in like tre- peak training for, for a goal race, you know, doubts creep in that, you know, am, am I, am I, am I training properly? Am I, uh, resting properly. And of course, like is my nutritional point and is, uh, is the vegan diet really the optimal diet for me? Uh, so, you know, I mean, I have those doubts less and less by the year, by the years, but, um, you know, certainly in the beginning, that was a big part of doubts. Do you think that people are still dealing with the same doubts now that we have all this science and we have all this research that, that says, um, you know, how you can thrive on a plant-based diet and how you can perform really well on a plant-based diet. Do you think people still worry about that? I think there were fewer doubts today. And and the reason why is because when I was doing this 25 years ago, there was this real concern about my health. Actually, there was, there's this idea that, you know, if you're vegan, you're just not going to be healthy. You know, you can do it for animal rights reasons. You can do it for ethical, moral reasons. You can, you can take your stance. You can believe in what you want to believe in, but you're not going to be a healthy person, let alone an athlete. And, And that has changed significantly over the last 25 years. In fact, today, how often do we hear people say, oh, I know I should be plant-based for my health. I know I should be vegan for my health. I know I should do this in order to drop weight or to increase energy or to maybe potentially reverse this this issue that I've got going on with uh, plaque buildup in arteries or whatever. And so I think there's more confidence in in people, within people with a plant-based diet. I really believe that's the case. And we have the, 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 the proof in the, the athletes who've been living this lifestyle for a long time and not just those who've done it for a few years, but some who've done it for decades and who have shown that there is longevity behind this. It's not just some sort of fad that you do for a while or that you do to uh, get a competitive edge for one season, but you can do it for the long haul and that you can, you can build muscle, you can burn fat, you can increase your endurance, you can uh, just put yourself on a position or on a path to better health as you improve your athletic performance. And I think people are starting to buy into that. They're starting to see those results. They're seeing it in professional sports. They're seeing it in incredible women and men uh, throughout all types of different sports who are setting records, who are some of the best in the world at what they do. And it's starting to creep into uh, sports like the NBA and WNBA, um, especially real popular in professional soccer, which I know Matt's much more aware of than I am. And uh, professional tennis is just another hot sport for plant-based athletes. And of course, running. I mean, a plant-based diet goes hand in hand with endurance sports and running seems to be where so many athletes turn to a plant-based diet for, for benefits, whether that's for increased stamina, endurance, uh, decreased inflammation, improved recovery, uh, we're just, we have so many examples. I mean, how many, you know, anecdotes do we need? How many hundreds and, and thousands now athletes uh, do we need to to show that this works? Uh, and it's nice that we're starting to see the scientific literature, the studies actually taking place now, the studies that have been going on for years that show that, that you can maintain the exact same muscle mass and the exact same strength using plant-based 
uh, nutrition, plant-based protein sources uh, compared to those using whey protein and, and a meat-based diet. And we have those studies. We, we wrote about them in the book. It's a very exciting time. And in many cases, in these studies, the plant-based athletes performed uh, slightly better, uh, better endurance, decreased inflammation, better overall results in these particular studies. And we, we didn't have that decades ago. Those studies didn't exist. Nobody, right, was, right. nobody was interested in studying that kind of thing. They were just saying, there was just this answer that, no, this isn't going to work. And then there were some of us back then that decided, well, we're going to show you that it will work. And, and then we, we can test this stuff later on, which we've done now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robert, I've had a kind of a similar experience in that like every day I do this, every year I do this, I feel more and more confident about it. Uh, and especially for me, I think it took, like I said, when I started this, like everyone pretty much, uh, it was kind of the opposite of what I had been raised to think was the right healthy way to eat. Um, so there's just this tremendous amount of doubt by default. Uh, but as soon as I started running really well and I started knocking out ultra marathons and, and you know, 30, 50, 100 miles within, I don't know, two months of each other, uh, and I didn't get injured, when I had experienced totally different results when I had tried to do the, you know, run two or three marathons within six months before that, uh, you know, I just became convinced. It just said, like I said, this works for running. And I don't know if it's because it helped me recover faster or if it's that I've lost a little bit of weight and that's what's better, but something was working great with that. And when that happened, uh, I, I believe that it worked for running. I've read all the studies. I see plenty of, of stuff about the longevity of this diet and how good for long-term health it is. Uh, so I don't, you know, that's where I race there. Where, where I still find myself like as I as I venture more into muscle building type sports uh not trying to become a bodybuilder but I've been into the kettlebells recently my son uh as as you sort of alluded to uh is a really serious soccer player and I think about him and like I want him I want to make sure that he keeps up with the other kids as far as muscle growth because like they're looking at that growth at his age already uh and your size and the weight and all this stuff uh and I think I think his diet surely is going to give him endurance benefits um, because I've experienced those myself. So like, that's not an area of doubt. But then I think if, if all the other kids, not all, but if many of the other kids are eating a standard American diet, a diet that we know promotes an unnatural amount of growth, right? First, first in, in size and weight and later perhaps in cancers, uh, you know, that, that's like, still, I'm happy with his diet in the long term, but I think in the short term, how are we going to make sure he, he stays on track, uh, when you're competing against something that is unnatural? Uh, so that's definitely, I still have doubts that come up and like, and I think about how I Google all the time, things about plant-based, like, do we actually need more protein? How many calories does he need? I mean, you know, I think about all these things. I worry about them because as we've said many times on this podcast in the past, it's one thing to kind of, you know, think maybe you're not quite getting the best results for yourself. Like, I don't really care about myself and my muscle building endeavors. It doesn't really matter to me whether that works out or not. But my kids, you know, I don't want to feel like I messed that up. Um, so I definitely have that doubt, but what the, the best sort of, of antidote to that to me, other than maybe me putting on a lot of muscle, which I'm trying to do and, and having some success with, um, is reading the stories like you're in the book, reading your stories, Robert, like that's, you know, I'm, I've never been a bodybuilder. So when I read that there are people who, who, you know, don't just make the diet work for bodybuilding, a plant-based diet work for bodybuilding, but, but experience really, really good results. And there are no shortage of examples in the book or on social media nowadays, uh, you know, that becomes more and more convincing. So I think that's another role that, that the plant-based athlete book can play in, in this evolution of the plant-based diet into the mainstream culture. Uh, it's just kind of bringing together lots and lots of examples that will give someone confidence that yes, this actually does work and to erase those doubts. It's not going to erase every single doubt because like we said, like when you're fighting against this centuries of advice that we should eat meat for strength, uh, you know, it's going to, there are always going to be little doubts that pop up, but this sort of thing, 
the more you read about it, the more and the more scientific it gets. Like you said, Robert, there are the studies that are finally coming out on plant-based versus omnivorous athletes, and they're showing often that the plant-based, uh, if they don't just meet meet the same you know standards as as the omnivorous athletes, they actually are exceeding them in some of them. Uh, you know, th- then then I think we have reason to believe that that this is this is uh, sustainable and good, and that that we don't need to have those doubts. Well, so so I think that. That that trans or that uh, transitions really well into my next question, which is, um, Matt, you've written a book called No Meat Athlete. Uh, Robert, you've written a couple of books, uh, you know, Shred It being one of them, on building muscle on a plant based diet. And as we have already discussed, I mean, the the landscape of the vegan athletic community is very different today than it was ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty five years ago, uh, with you know, with the Game Changers movie with you know, countless YouTubers and, and social media influencers and blogs and podcasts, all kind of talking about the power of, of a plant-based diet for, for athletic performance. Um, why do you guys, or, you know, what, what compelled you guys to, to write this book now? And, uh, and what, you know, what do you think it, how do you think it serves the, the community? Well, I think it's designed to be a, a how-to book. You know, most books have been out there, whether it's Matt, Matt's books or my books or Brendan's books or Rich's books or Rip's books. You know, they're all about that athlete's story. Like, here's how a plant-based diet benefited me, right? And, and so it's, it's fun. We can read someone's story, their, why they got into it, their, their journey all along the way. We can get sucked in, especially if they're a great writer. And, and that's all well and good. But, uh, but that's just one person's story, you know, in each book. And what we wanted to do was to make this a truly universal mainstream resource for everyone in a how-to format. Like this is how to be a plant-based athlete. And so what we've done is we've talked to 50 or 60 of the world's greatest plant-based athletes to get their insights, to get their day in the life, to get their meal plans, to get their pre and post-workout nutrition, to get their recipes that they actually consume, and to weave those into a book that is much heavier on the evidence-based science than we've ever had before because this so much of it is so new that just came out in recent years. So we compiled it all in ways that show the muscle building benefits, the endurance benefits, the perhaps reduction in inflammation or the, the speeding up in recovery. Uh, that's all there. And also one of the things that I find, I personally find compelling is that there's there's so much to the the personal aspect of having so many different types of people to learn about and find who you connect with and who resonates with you because you know, you know we could we can all go out and decide we want to jog and exercise and find some enjoyment from it but it's typically an individual that we look up to that makes us want to be a, a runner you know not just someone who jogs or exercises the same with the same with uh, any sport you know i mean I, I even think of matt's kids and i i got together with matt to start working on this book a couple of years ago and his daughter was wearing this soccer jersey and i i had no idea who this person was turns out she was uh, one of the most famous athletes in the world um, and, and also follows a plant-based diet alex morgan but at the time years ago she wasn't on my radar. And, and but there's people there countless young women want to be like Alex Morgan, right? And the same with same with athletes uh, that are in all types of sports. And, and we want to be able to connect with those people and use them as, as a barometer, as a, as a role model, as someone who has paved the way, who has done that. One of the things, Doug, one of the reasons why we decided to write this one, when each of us had already written our own stories and lots of other people had already written their own stories, uh, not just to show how many examples there are and show the variety of sports in which this works, uh, but I think to see the variety of ways in which people make it work 
uh, is also really, really valuable. Because like, if you had read a book in the 1980s about how to be vegetarian, I don't know if there were any vegetarian athlete books back then, or vegan athlete books, probably not. But but if you had read a book about plant-based, whatever that meant back then, uh, fitness, you know, it would have said the way to be a healthy vegetarian vegan is to eat a macrobiotic diet and eat lots of sprouts uh, and, you know, whatever else you could go find in a 1980s health food store. That would be the way that you do a vegetarian diet back then. If you'd have read Robert's book uh, about the, his first one, Vegan Bodybuilding, I think it was called, right? Yeah. You would have thought that eating tofu sandwiches was the way that you have to, to do it as a, as a vegan bodybuilder. You have these tons of tofu all the time. So, like, it, whoever you're reading, like, that, that's who you think is how you have to do it because when it's sort of a new niche diet, which is less so now, but, you know, it, it, you, you find that one person and then it's like, well, this is how you do it because that's, that's the only information out there. But when you look at the athletes in this book and the, the 20 or so, and you look at the day of the life that we compiled at the end of this book, you see that everybody's got different ways of doing it. Uh, and so I think being exposed to the, first of all, the, the reality that there's not just one specific way to make a plant-based diet work, uh, you know, that's, that's valuable in itself because then, then it adds to that confidence piece. You see that it's not about just exactly nailing one specific thing. Uh, you know, you can, you can mess up, I guess, and still get this to work because it's a really great diet. Um, but the other thing it does for you is it gives you lots of different ideas and, and just, you know, things that you, you might see someone and say, well, I'm not going to eat tofu sandwiches. So this, I'm not going to be vegan. But then you see someone else and you say, oh, well, that person eats what looks like a pretty normal, I don't know, they eat lots of spaghetti and they eat lots of Italian pasta dishes and whatever. And like, you know, I could do that. So I think yeah. you can see there's lots and lots of ways to make it work, not just for regular people, but for athletes. Uh, and I think, I think being able to see those examples and pull out little bits here and there that work for you, as well as seeing what the common themes are among all of those, that actually you do need to kind of make sure you get this part right, because everyone does this, whatever, whatever it is. And that's what the whole book is really about, the, the concepts. Um, but I think, I think that's one of the big reasons why like this, this plant-based fitness movement needed and needs until this comes out. Uh, you know, the book that pulls it all together. That's not any one person's story, but is everyone's story. That's, that's really, I think what this book contributes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up those day in the lives. Cause, uh, that's something I want to talk about. Cause that's one of the parts, one part of the book that I found most interesting. But before we get to that, let's, uh, pause for a second to thank our sponsor. Well, first of all, Doug, this book, I think we need a special, special guest sponsor on this episode. And that is the <laughs> plant-based athlete book. Uh, we have not yet mentioned the link. It's at book.nomeatathlete.com. Head over there. Uh, you'll see lots and lots more info that we've given here. You'll see all the endorsers, including a nice, really solid one at the top by none other than T. Colin Campbell, uh, as well as lots and lots of bonuses that Robert and I have put together. Uh, and in fact, if you get the book, if you pre-order it, and then send us your receipt, send it to support at nomeatathlete.com, uh, within a week of this episode going live, you will get an extra special bonus that uh, is, is actually Robert and I doing our, doing our own day in the life, uh, much more extensive than the one that we each have in the book. Uh, where we talk about everything that we're eating in the course of a week, as well as how that goes with our workouts and what the philosophy is behind it. Um, so week if you want in that, life, not a day a in the week life, in life for, a week? for the authors. Yes, for the authors, Doug, it's a whole week in the life, but only if you pre-order uh, within a week of this podcast episode going live. So please check it out. It's at book.nomadeathlete.com, uh, and you'll see all the order, all the details about pre-ordering and claiming those pre-ordering bonuses. Not to mention that these pre-orders are so so helpful for us. They're like essential for the success of any book. So. Uh, if, if you've gotten a lot of value from our podcast and from No Meat Athlete uh, and Robert's site, Vegan Bodybuilding in general, uh, then then please consider pre-ordering The Plant-Based Athlete. Okay, this episode is also brought to you by Inside Tracker. Every day there's a new wellness trend. Eat this. Nope. Eat that. Do this. Avoid those. 
How do you know where to start or who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized science-backed trackable plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. Their blood test includes biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part though is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips so you can take action. And for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering NMA radio listeners 25% off of their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash NMA. Change is an inside job. Start inside. That's right. Okay, so Matt, you uh, mentioned, I mean, both of you mentioned all of the people that you, you know, that you spoke to for the book, all the people you're featuring throughout the book. But Matt, you touched on the uh, kind of the day in the life, which um, was a section towards the end that I, I, I don't know, I just found that so interesting because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great to have all, you know, all the studies and, and have all the like information in one place, but until you can actually like see it in practice, um, you know, it's hard to envision it for yourself. At least that's the way I've always found. And I think that that's what a lot of the nomad athlete readers, uh, have always responded well to, you know, kind of our, the day in the life posts that we do. So you, you shared, uh, I don't know how many, but maybe like 20 different uh, day in the lives for, for a variety of different athletes. Um, I'm wondering if, if either of you picked up any like core themes that you saw throughout pretty much everyone that was featured. Yeah, to me, it was, uh, it's, it's so simple. It, there's a level of discipline. There's just a level of discipline and consistency that all of these athletes share. And it doesn't matter if you're an ultra marathon runner or if you are a bodybuilder, if you're a boxer, it doesn't matter what your, your sports background is. It's the fact that there's discipline with the, the program, there's discipline with the nutrition, there's discipline with the training, there's a level of consistency that leads to results that is only reserved for those who do it. And that was one of the biggest takeaways for me. It's like Matt said, what was really actually really fascinating to me, when you look at the, the highest level athletes, uh, you would think, or at least I would think that they're mostly eating the same stuff. You know, I, I mean, I even got that idea uh, way back in the in the 90s, I think, or early 2000s from Brendan Brazier that, you know, a lot of people were eating kind of the same way, training the same way. And that's what made him different. He started eating differently and started eating focused on recovery and all of that. But now today's plant-based athlete does eat quite a bit differently. And, and that makes sense. So what if you're a 250 pound male powerlifter like Nick Squires, who's just a monster, one of the strongest people in the state of California, is he going to eat differently than Dotsie Bausch, you know, a, a, a cyclist? Yes. Uh, they have completely different body types. In fact, he might be double her body weight. Their sports require completely different fuel. They require completely different eating patterns. And that's what's fascinating to me because like you said, Doug, if you were just to read one book, let's, you read like uh, 80-10-10, Doug, Doug Graham's book, that would be the way to eat. No matter what your sports background is, that's the way to eat because that's the authority at the time. This was going back to maybe 20 years ago or so. But now the reality is that that diet will work for some people. The different diet will work from other people. And the, the consistent theme is that they all omit animal protein and animal byproducts. They all are avoiding dietary cholesterol. They're all 
exceeding their, very likely exceeding their uh, daily fiber intake, because that's something that is only found in plants and it's found in abundance. And when you're eating an exclusively plant-based diet, that you, you tend to get really high levels of that. And and your your vitamin, mineral, antioxidant content all goes up too. And so the, the, the common themes are that people are avoiding certain, you know, certain nutritional categories, if you want to call them that, animal protein and and dietary cholesterol, and they are consuming uh, oftentimes higher amounts of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and such, but they're doing it in a way that matches like what their specific body type is and what their goals are. And I think that's really important to observe. And also the, the aspect that I talked about last time that I'm so enthralled with now is the idea of showing up, just just getting out the door and doing what you need to do day in and day out. That's how you guys know this. That's how you run a hundred miler. That's how you win bodybuilding competitions. That's how you become a world champion mountain biker or the strongest person in California in your weight class or whatever the case, whatever you're trying to mm -hmm. achieve, you you got to do it day after day. And it, take, and it takes that kind of discipline and commitment. And, and that's what I love about, uh, about the athletes featured in the book is that they all exude that. And, and, and that's also the reason why they've been able to achieve what they've been able to achieve. Yeah. Matt, you got anything? <laughs> no, to nothing, to nothing to add. I think, I mean, I think it's interesting to hear Robert say that, that what they have in common is, is this thing that, you know, does, does distinguish them. They eat plant-based diets. Uh, and yet they can all do it in their own different way that, that makes it work for them. Um, so like, yes, they're all doing something that is pretty much the same because they all eat plant-based diets. Um, otherwise maybe no major themes other than they eat lots of whole foods and fresh foods and they're choosing the very best ones for their sports. Um, but I think it's cool that the diversity with which we can eat this diet, uh, and, and make it work so well. Cool. All right. So I got two more questions. Um, both of them I think are going to be rather short, but, uh, I think they're important. Um, lightning round, lightning round. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if you had to distill the book down and I want you each to answer this, to distill it down to maybe two or three um, critical themes that you want people to take away from, from that or to go in, you know, expecting like what, uh, you know, what are those, what are those themes? Uh, sure. I can go first here, Doug, uh, because I, a little birdie tipped me off that this would be a question and I, <laughs> and I prepared some things in advance. Uh, I really did just think about this very quickly and they, I didn't put a lot of thought. I just, these came to me quickly. So that, that tends to think, make me think that they're probably the right ones. Uh, at least for me. First is the, what we talked about earlier, the confidence piece. Like you don't need to be worried about this diet. What you should be worried about is if you eat McDonald's five times a week. Like that kind of standard American diet that might feel safe because it's familiar, that's the one where you need to really be worried about. I mean, that's been a theme of this conversation, which I didn't expect it to be. But like there are lots of ways to make a plant-based diet work. So you don't need to be stressing over it. We've got the studies in the book, the athletes in the book, all these different examples coming from all different directions. To me, that's that's a huge one. Then as far as like nutrition concepts go, to me, calorie density is the big one. Uh, you can use calorie density to control your weight, to manipulate your weight and your body type, not your type, but your, your composition to some extent, uh, one way or the other. You know, use It's just such a powerful concept, and that's just how much calories are in a given pound of food that you're eating. And the plant-based diet has this unique advantage that uh, that regardless of the caloric density you choose, and you can kind of you can choose your plant-based diet to be whichever calorie density you want, um, depending on the food you choose, but like, it's always going to provide you lots and lots of nutrients. So you get this added advantage that, that you're kind of getting more mileage for the calories you are eating. Um, so that's, that's, I think sort of the big nutritional concept of the book to me is calorie density. Um, and finally, like Robert's been, been saying, uh, the best nutrition plan or fitness plan in the world 
doesn't matter if you don't do it. And it doesn't matter if you do it for one month or three months and then, you know, six months from now, you're back to your old thing or onto the next new shiny object. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. What, what matters is what you actually implement, what you do day in, day out, uh, not for a couple months, but, but for two, five, 10, 20 years. That, that defines what you become. So like that, to me, like it's to ignore that, even in a, a book that's more about diet or more about fitness, uh, to ignore that would be a big mistake. So that's why we made it a part of this. Uh, I think executing, just, just figuring out what it is that, you know, how, how you operate, what your environment needs to be for you to do the habits you want to do and not do the ones you don't. Uh, and whatever it takes for you to kind of get in the state that, that you do execute on your plan, uh, that those are, that's a crucial thing for, for every athlete to figure out. And for me, what I think about regarding the book and distilling it down into a few themes is that it's based on a lot of listening, you know, listening to people who are on the fence or have concerns or have challenges, worried about, well, what do I eat or how do I make a meal plan? Even in 2020, 2021, this is, these are still questions. So what do I eat? How do I implement it? How, how will I get enough protein? What about this sport versus this sport? And I'm a really active person. And what if I work long days? And I get these emails all the time or these social media comments all the time. And what we were able to do with the plant-based athlete is is answer those questions in a in what I like to call as a how-to format. Okay, so this is how you determine, uh, like Matt said, the nutrients per calorie, you know, the best return nutritional return on investment. These are the foods to eat. These are the types of of meal plans to follow. This is a whole variety of foods that you can consume. So it's not a limiting diet or restrictive diet or anything like that. And then if you if you implement these things, if you if you follow a meal plan and exercise program that is consistent over time that allows adaptation and improvement to kick in, then you are set uh, for for future success. And and we we do a bit of hand holding throughout the process. Because I think that's important. A lot of people who will be reading this book are going to be new to a plant-based lifestyle because it is a mainstream book. It'll be in every bookstore in, in the U.S. and Canada and available to anyone to discover. And the idea is that we show you from start to finish how to be a plant-based athlete, including the meal plans, the recipes, and the athlete examples of some people that you can look up to and aspire to be like if you choose. And I think that's uh, one of the really compelling aspects of the book is that, you know, we, we tried to make sure there wasn't any stone left unturned and that you get your questions answered in this book from a variety of aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. And uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that all of those themes are, are really important reminders, whether you're uh, brand new to the diet or someone like me, who's been doing it for a little while or someone like you who has been doing it for a long time. And I think to, to just kind of see, um, you know, how people are being successful is, is incredibly, uh, powerful to, to see. So really excited to, to finish reading the book, but I wanted to end on, uh, one final question, which is, um, so, you know, if you're a typical nomad athlete radio listener, if you've listened to all 366 or seven episodes of nomad athlete radio, uh, which I'm sure so many people have, you know, you, you're pretty familiar with, uh, with matchstick with, uh, with mine and, and probably, uh, with yours too, Robert as well. You know, I mean, you've been on here a number of times and, and people familiar with Nomad athlete are, are almost certainly familiar with you. So, um, what are, what are people like that? You know, your typical listener, what are they going to get out of this book? I mean, for me, I think 
the big thing is I, I am a co-author of this book, but this isn't this isn't uh, a childish this isn't me goofing off childish Matt Fraser book. Uh, <laughs> not, not that I goof off in books, but I I think this book is like I, I don't know. To me, this is a growing up, uh, and it's a growing up of this plant based movement. Uh, it's a sign, at least, of the growing up of the plant based movement. And I I wanted the book to reflect that. So in the topics we chose, the way it's written, th- this is this is you know two two different people's voices and ideas. Um, both of us have been have been at this a long time now, right? I haven't. It's not it's not no meat athlete one when I had been doing this diet, been being vegan for maybe two years or one year at that point, and vegetarian for three. Uh, it's it's very different. It's it's kind of a step back, looking at the entire landscape, looking at all the other athletes that have have uh, emerged and and as I've said before, chosen this diet for performance reasons, not just ethical vegans who you know find a way to make it work for their sport, but those who are turning to it at the highest levels for performance reasons. Uh, and then you know how can we take what they're doing? How can we distill that into principles? Uh, that that we see that everyone is doing the, the really core nutrition concepts that make up the bulk of the book, um, the ones that that uh, you know the typical nomad athlete radio listener can take and and use to get twenty percent more results out of you know their current version of the diet, or use it to to like finally have the confidence to go a hundred percent plant based if that's what they want to do. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's it it's a much more grown up nutrition book than what I've put out in the past. Uh, I will continue to be a goofball and and uh, make lots of parts that need to be deleted from podcast episodes, uh, but but not in this book. In this this book is is a, is a grown up version of me. <laughs> can can we still expect the jokes in the newsletters though? Of course. Uh, okay. Okay. Be, okay. Okay. What to write if not terrible jokes? Okay, because I'm I'm certainly getting accustomed to seeing those, um, especially <laughs> yeah. especially in recent weeks. Uh, for me, Doug, it's. Uh, you know, obviously I've produced a bunch of content before. I've been doing this for a long time. I've written a bunch of books on this topic, but I can tell you, I can just tell you right now as someone uh, who did a lot of writing on this book and, and told a lot, interviewed a lot of people and told a lot of those stories that I, every time I read the book through all the months of editing, I, I get moved every single time by the athlete stories. And it just, it gets me fired up every single time. And I, and I know, I know people listening need that sometimes, including myself, including some people who have achieved already a bunch of great things in, in their own plant-based athlete journeys. There, There's just something extra in this book. And you're, and you're also going to discover athletes you'd never heard of before, yet are some of the best in the world at what they do, uh, because they're, maybe they're not super famous. Or they haven't been featured in documentaries. They don't have their own books. They're not on TV all the time, but they day in and day out, uh, excel at an at an incredibly elite level, and you're going to learn those stories, and you're going to be moved by it, and you're going to see you can you can read through the lines and see what their what their driving force is, what their what their passion for their purpose is, and, and that I just find so compelling. I mean, every time that I I read, even if I'm just editing a couple chapters here or there, I just feel more fired up to go work harder, and, and those things stick with me. Those, those things stick with me in my workouts. Uh, they impacted my workout yesterday. That will impact my workout today, uh, and I think that's where the the very seasoned no meat athlete reader and vegan bodybuilding reader is still going to receive all kinds of benefit from this book. And it's going to be really, really exciting. I know people are going to love it, and I think we're going to get a lot of great feedback. And I look forward to hearing what that feedback is and what what resonated with people the most. And it's also a great opportunity for 
our amazing community to, to get behind what may be one of the vegan books of the year and and how cool it would that be uh, for a couple of guys who've been friends for a decade and have been working you know really hard to promote this lifestyle for so long in completely different arenas and endurance sports and strength sports to come together and work with Dr. Greger to write the forward and all kinds of people, luminaries in our movement who we've looked up to for years, like Dr. Campbell and Esselstyn and John Robbins and others who have gotten behind this book so much so that they've provided glowing endorsements to have this type of book be one of the books of the year in this entire vegan space is is super compelling uh, and, and exciting for me. And I'm just grateful for our, our loyal listeners and people who have already purchased our other books to still trust us with this one and get behind this one, knowing that there's still new stuff, there's still tremendous value in it, and that you absolutely will walk away feeling like, man, that, that was a really good read. Awesome. Well, I think that's an inspiring and a, and a fun place to leave it. Uh, let's see. You can get the book at book.nomadathlete.com, and you're offering a bunch of bonuses. It drops uh, June 15th. Is that right? Yeah, which is still six weeks from now when we're recording this. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I usually buy books that far in advance, so that's why we have some really great bonuses there to encourage you to pre-order. You'll be hearing about it plenty over the next few weeks. This is not this is not the final plea Uh You'll know when it is that because it'll it'll be really it'll be really bad then. <laughs> but uh, but please, if you'd like to support us and if you want to get some of those good bonuses, like the one I said that disappears the week in the life of me and Robert, uh, as far as food goes anyway, uh, that is at book.nomadathlete.com. All the the infos there and all the links to all the different bookstores from which you can then click and go buy from the one that you choose. Um, yeah, we would really really appreciate it, and uh, I hope uh, hope a lot of people will do that. Awesome. Well, Robert, thanks for coming back on the podcast, Matt. It's good to. Uh interview you and listen to you share some of your story and uh and congratulations guys this is really exciting thank you doug good job interviewing too hey you thanks be an interviewer yeah pre- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it and, and thanks for having me back on uh it's always an honor to talk to you guys thanks for keeping in touch and let's just keep the good times rolling yeah all right thanks everyone